Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Praise God. I hope that you've all had a good week. Amen. Has God been good? Is God good? Amen. We always have a reason to praise God. Amen. Even even when it feels like we don't. Even when it feels like, man, we've had the roughest week. Praise God for his presence. Praise God for for the local church uh, where we're able to, to, to gather together and be replenished by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have a I have a word this morning, and you know, praise God. Last week we had an incredible service. Um, Tim McCain he came and he was with us. He ministered to us, and and um, I mean, a, a seed was planted. We we prayed for man dozens of people up here um, dealing with with something. We're all dealing with something. Amen. And we're, we're going to continue to pray over those over those lives and, and situations um, because we know that we serve a God who can. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask you this morning to turn with me to the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter four. Amen. John, chapter four. This is a story that perhaps you're you're pretty familiar with. Um, it's the story of the Samaritan woman, Samaritan woman. She she sits down with Jesus. Now, if you've, if you've been in the church for any period of time, again, you've probably heard this story. But we're going to read it. Normally, I like to I like to summarize passages when they're a little bit lengthy, like this one. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to ask that you just stick with me as we as we uh, read the next 20 verses because the dialogue here is very key. Um, so Jesus is traveling through Samaria and he becomes tired and he sits down at the famous uh, well of Jacob. And so we're going to begin at verse seven. And I have it up here. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Some will say this water. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the waters I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming down here to drink water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. 
Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you, uh, when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans, Jesus said, you people, worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his, worship, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Amen. Thank you for your patience. I hope you followed along with the word of God. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pray before we get too much in, into the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, for the word that you have spoken, Father. And I pray, Lord, that this morning uh, it may be received, Father God, by all who who are, are, are here, my God, ready to receive, Father God. I, I pray that your Holy Spirit deposits something new, something fresh in the lives of your people, Father God, so that we may be made better for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is Offensive Love. Come on. Two weeks ago, um, I, I preached a, a sermon called As You Are. Um, and in that sermon, I talked about Jesus calling sinners to him. That's what he did. Jesus sat down at the table with sinners. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinner to be made righteous. Amen. Because the sinner is moldable. The, the sinner he can make redeemed. The, the sick he can heal. And so Jesus said, give me the tax collector, Matthew. Give me the guy that has a temper, Peter. Give me the guy that doubts a lot, Thomas. Give me Judas. Give me the sinners so that I can change them. And, and remember, uh, if you ever miss a sermon, you can always go back and, and listen to it. We have you know, Numa Church podcast. But, but at the end of that sermon, I, I left you with something. And, and praise God, man, that day we had eight salvations. Praise God. Um, I, I love what God is doing, man. God is doing some amazing things. But I, I said, I said, Jesus loves you as you are, but he desires you to become as he is. Right? So now in order to do that, Jesus, he doesn't just call the sinner. He also has to call out the sin from the sinner. He doesn't just take us and expect us to remain that way forever. Jesus wants to take us so that he can take some things out of us that do not belong. I like what, what Tim McCain said last week. He said, the Holy Spirit wants to do heart surgery on us. Now, the calling part, that is the fun part. That's the exciting part. And is it, isn't it when, when Jesus looks down and, and he chooses you, how, how would you choose someone like me? I am no good. I know what I've done. I, I know that I don't come from anything special and yet you want me. You call me. That, that makes you feel so special, doesn't it? That Jesus, the creator who was there, the word at the beginning, he wants you. It makes you feel special that Jesus wants to sit at your table. That's the exciting part where Jesus calls me. And I've had conversations with people in the past where they say, they say, man, God can't change me. God can't use me. God doesn't want me. And I have to remind them, no, he does want you. 
He wants exactly you. This is what he loves to do. This is what he loves to work with. He likes a flawed person so that he can, he can show off his glory and what they were and to what they can become. And when you explain it to them like that, man, sometimes people just break down. Sometimes right then and there, people, people they, they receive salvation because they love to be called by Jesus. Reminds me of, you know, we, when we lived in Colorado, uh, the, the, the cross-country teacher, um, the coach, cross-country, he was also the PE teacher. He stopped me in the hall one, one I don't know, one day at school, and he says, he says, Ryan, I want, you to, uh, I want you to join the cross-country team. He says, I think you'll be great at it. He says, I, I've seen you run in PE. You've got some legs. And I'm like, well, thank you, right? It made me feel, made me feel special about myself. because man, this, this, this coach, he was like every, every kid's role model, right? And so him saying that made me feel special. I was also in sixth grade, and the people that were on cross-country, they were in seventh and eighth grade. So I was like, man, Wow. Thank you. I, I, I'm flattered that, that you're calling me to join the cross-country team. And he says, come on, it's, it's going to be fun. You know, you're going to make friends. We're going to travel all across, you know, Colorado. We're going to have tournaments. And, and um, he even offered to give me some cross-country shoes. And so I was like, I'm down, man. Sounds like, sounds fun, right? And so I was excited. I was, I was pumped up to join this, this, uh, this team. I was flattered that he had chosen me on day one of practice. Day one, the same, this same coach who was all nice and flattering and was giving me gifts and said that I was fast, he was now calling me chicken legs. No joke. He, ha- he had jokes too. He said, my, my grandpa runs faster than you. He would get in our face, man. He would, I remember, I remember his face so vividly. Like his, his uh, little vein would pop out. He'd get in our face and scream at us like a, like a, like a drill sergeant. I'm this poor little sixth grader, man. I just... Just wanted to have fun. But, but he did this truly to, to make us better and to motivate us. It wasn't, it wasn't fun in the moment. Being called was way better than being called out. When he, when he saw that he wanted me and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I could do that. It made me feel special. But then at practice, he was like, you got to fix this, 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 and that. Like, what did you see at me in, in PE that you wanted me here? First you call me now, you're calling me out. And so, so here in this story, we find Jesus, once again, he's sitting down with a sinner. Another sinner, he's sitting down. This time it's a Samaritan woman. Now, if you know anything about the Samaritans, just like the tax collectors, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. Samaritans were those people that, that at one point, they were Jews, they were Hebrews. But then with the Assyrian conquest um, those Jews were taken out and they were, they were scattered across you know, different nations. They began to intermarry with other nations, uh, particularly th- those of, of Samaria. And uh, they picked up many idolatrous uh, customs, different religions. They did not honor God. They were considered half-breeds by the Jewish people. And so they had many differences with the Jews. And so the two groups despised each other. And so Jesus, this day, he's, he's tired, and, and he goes to sit down at this well, and, and there's a woman there. And he sits down by this woman, who is a Samaritan woman, something that the disciples wouldn't even bother doing in that moment. And he's sitting with her, and he's talking to her. So he doesn't just sit with this woman, he talks to this woman. Now, in these days, men didn't talk 
to women in public, not even their wives. And so he's, he's breaking all of these types of social barriers. Not only does he talk to her, he asks her for something. That's a beautiful testament of, of the boundless love of Christ. But what I find interesting when I was reading this passage is what Jesus asks for. Jesus says, give me a drink. Give me a drink. I think that that's interesting because Jesus is about to enter this monologue about how he's the living water. And how if you, if you drink of the water that he provides, you'll never be thirsty again. So if I'm, if I'm the woman, I'm saying to Jesus, Jesus, hold up. Didn't you just ask me for a drink of water? And now you're telling me that you have this endless supply of water? Why don't you just give yourself a drink? Ever thought about that? Why, 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 did, why did the woman... Why did Jesus ask the woman for a drink? There's two reasons, and they're not profound at all, okay? The first one was Jesus was physically thirsty. He was tired. The Bible says it. He was tired. And so he sees this woman, and he asks her for a drink. What Jesus is talking about to her is is a spiritual thirst, right? He's, He's physically thirsty. The second reason, this is the one that I believe is way more important, it was a conversation starter. It was, it was a way to open up a conversation with this woman who society or the, the, the Jewish society wanted nothing to do with. And so he's, Jesus is tired. He sees this woman. She has something to draw water with. And so he asks, can I have a drink of water? See, church, Jesus is going to find ways into your heart. He's going to find ways to get your attention. That might be through a sermon. It might be through a song. It might be through a coworker. It might be through an experience. Jesus, he he wants to find a way into your heart. He does. And and when he does it, it it feels good. We, We said it earlier. It feels good when Jesus calls you to him. Sometimes it brings you to tears. Doesn't it? Sometimes it makes you smile, man. When, when you get that word that you know is for you, when, when that song hits and it's, it's, it's talking about everything that you're going through, everything that you're experiencing in that moment, it's like, Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I needed a reminder this morning of your faithfulness. I needed a reminder because I'm going through something and it looks like my life is falling apart. It looks like what you said was going to happen is not going to happen. I needed to hear that song, Great is Your Faithfulness. I needed to be reminded that I need to put my faith in Jesus. Thank you so much. It feels so good to be recognized and to be acknowledged by Jesus. And so the woman says to Jesus, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. What's, what's happening? I want some of this living water. Where can I get it? See, Jesus not only talks to her, he offers her salvation. Drink of the water that I give you and you'll never be thirsty again. See, this is what Jesus does for everybody. He, he calls us as disregarded by society as we are, as, as, as hated as we may be, as no good as we might think we are. And he offers us living water. He offers us salvation. And he does it because he loves us. But love doesn't always feel pleasant. There's a pruning process. Pruning process doesn't always feel good. The refining process burns. 
And that's what comes next here in this story. I'm going to start preaching now, okay? So Jesus talks to this woman. He asks her for something. He makes her feel valued. He makes her feel heard. He gets her excited by offering her this living water. But now comes the offensive part. There's, there's, There's two things in this story. If you read it, there's two things that Jesus says to this woman that are offensive. First, he offends her lifestyle. Jesus says, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus is like, girl, you show right you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands working on your sixth husband. <laughs> Jesus calls her out. Her, her, she, he calls out her way of living, right? Now, to be called out can be offensive. You don't want to be called out. If, if, you, walk, if, if you walk into church one day and then the preacher starts you know, preaching, and, and what he's preaching is only a reiteration of what the Bible says, and you get up, and, and you leave, and you said, you know, I'm not coming back because of what the preacher said, that might be your spirit being called out, and it might have offended you. You didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like how he preached. I didn't, I didn't like it. That, was, that hit too close to home. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. I'm not trying to make you feel good all the time. We're trying. That's what Jesus does. He needs to dissect some things. He needs to do surgery. And you know what surgery is? It's invasive. Jesus, love me from afar. Don't come in my bubble. Jesus, put your mask on. Don't come in my bubble. Jesus wants to get all up in there, man. But sometimes when he does, he's going to see some things that you love that he doesn't. And that's offensive. Now, I know that we live in a culture where if someone offends you, you can just cancel it, right? <laughs> Uh-oh. This, this week, we had some cancellations, man, in our culture. One of them being Mr. Potato Head. Now he's just, I'm oh, sorry, I can't, I can't say he. Uh, it's just Potato Head. Potato Head. I don't know. Which, honestly, that sounds more offensive to me. Like, if, if I were to call you potato head, that's like messed up, right? I don't know. I'm self-conscious about the shape of my head, so don't call me potato head. <laughs> Look, I, I, know that we, I know that we have to be, we have to be sensitive to people, okay? We do. We, we have to hear them out. We can't disregard them. That's, all of that is important. It is very important. But hypersensitivity... That's what I'm seeing more of these days. Is that just me? I mean, goodness, the rate we're going. One day you're going to, people are going to be eating fruits and vegetables that they don't like just to make them feel included, you know, just to spare their feelings. We're living in a hypersensitive culture. Now, at the same time, we as Christians, we're called to love people. We have to do that. We know that Jesus tells us to love. That is the greatest command. Love your God. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Amen? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. That's easy to say amen to. Republicans, love your Democratic friends. Democrats, love your Republican friends. Love each other. That's what Jesus stands for. He stands for kindness. He stands for compassion. I've met too many Christians that are just mean, man. 
I, I can be a mean Christian. So many of them, they're just, they're just mean people. We have to know, we have to be reminded that, that, that God, God loves those that sometimes we don't like. God, we are called to love those who God loves. Jeremiah says, defend the cause of the poor and the needy. That is what it is to know God. To love God is to love people. But sometimes, I'm going to say sometimes, that love is going to be offensive. I, I just, I was just wondering, you know, imagine if this ancient Samaritan woman was a 21st century Latina woman. Heck no, bro. No, what'd you just say to me? Uh-uh, no, no, you didn't. You don't know me with her finger or three-inch nails. No, you didn't, right? I've seen some of y'all with those nails, man. <laughs> you don't know me. Get your own water. We have to be okay with being called out. We have to be okay with being called out. We have to welcome it. And I know that hurts because we don't want God to, 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 to tell us remove something that, that we love. But this is how Jesus filters through all of the mess to make us better, to lead us into righteousness. See, that, that's what it is. See, Jesus is leading us to righteousness. When you get saved, you pick up the cross and now you have to follow Jesus. And you're going to follow him through valleys and mountaintops and rivers and, and all kinds of different terrain. And it's going to require you to remove some of your baggage because you're not going to be able to carry it through where Jesus is telling you to go. And so you have to make sacrifices along the way because you can't hold the cross and all of your baggage. And too many of us have put so many treasures in these bags and we want, we want to carry it along with the cross. So a lot of times, church, Jesus is going to offend your lifestyle. Amen? He's going to offend the way, the way that you dress, the way that you talk, the way that you treat people, how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how you raise your kids, how you treat your, your spouse. That's your lifestyle. And lifestyles aren't easily altered because it takes a lifetime to build a lifestyle. But Jesus might see it and say, nope, this, nope. And it might offend you. Not a lot of amens this morning. The second offense Jesus makes towards this woman, it's an offense of belief. First one was an offense of lifestyle. The second one was an offense of belief. See, Jesus, is, Jesus isn't trying to be mean here. He's not just trying, he's not just, you know, making jabs towards this woman just to be mean. He's trying to change this woman's life. He's trying to, to call out her sin so that she can see it and repent of it. That's what he's doing. So, so Jesus makes the first point of her lifestyle. The woman kind of deflects the first point Jesus makes by changing the subject. She changes the subject. If you, if you, if you read the text, it's like Jesus could have kept going right there. But she changes the subject. This, this is too personal. I'm talking about my personal life. I'm talking about my love life. I'm going to change the subject. And so she starts talking about temple worship. And she says, well, well, you Jews say that, you know, proper worship is to be done in Jerusalem. And, 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 and Jesus points 
Jesus points out the irrelevance of what she's saying by saying there is coming a time and is now here where the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. It won't even matter where you worship just as long as you're doing it in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? To worship in spirit means to worship from within. It is not a ceremonial practice of tradition. It is not good works. It's not just coming to church and that's all you do. It's not just reading your Bible and that's all you do. It's not just fasting and that's all you do. That, that, that's, that's, those are good, but to worship from your spirit is to worship from within. Sometimes I won't be able to see it because it's inside of you. That worship where you do it at home, where you do it in your closet, where you do it, you know, uh, Jesus, Jesus tells us to fast and, 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 and private. And he says to pray. Don't go out proclaiming that, oh, I'm this awesome prayer warrior. No, he says, do it where no one can see you so that you're not honored by men. You're honored by me. That is what it is to be to, to worship in spirit. And the second one to be to, to worship in truth. That means just to, to, to worship what is true. And so you have people all over the world who worship in spirit, but they don't worship in truth. You have people who worship in truth, orthodox. They, they know what is right. They know what is true. They know the Bible. They know it like the back of their hand, but there is no fervor. There is no zeal. There's no spirit. And so Jesus, there, Jesus says there's coming a time where you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. And so this is where he offends the woman. He says, you worship what you do not know. You, got the, you might have the spirit part right, but you don't got the truth part right. You worship what you do not know. The Samaritans only accepted the, 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 the Torah, the first five books of Moses. Everything else they rejected. They rejected the prophets. They rejected the psalmists. So Jesus says, you're not worshiping in truth. So it doesn't even matter where you worship because your worship is misdirected. You can worship at Jerusalem, but you're not going to be worshiping the truth. So first he offends her lifestyle, and then he offends her belief, her religion. And let me tell you, church, Jesus might offend the way that you think. He might offend the way that you've believed for a long time, philosophically. Theologically, politically, financially, he might offend your way of thinking. And that's a big one. I have a question for you this morning. Are you ready to be offended by Jesus? Are you ready to be offended by Jesus? Because there are going to be things in this world that you are attracted to. There's going to be things in this world that that want to take too much of your attention. There's going to be things that your flesh loves. You're going to have philosophies and, and ways of belief that contradict the absolute truth of the word of God. And it might be offensive when Jesus calls that out. But when Jesus offends, it's because he loves you. It's because he wants to draw you closer. It's because he wants to make you better. It's because he wants to refine you. It's because he wants to take you to new levels in your ministry. Be okay with the offense. Deal with it. We have to tell Layla sometimes. You guys know Danny, right? Pastor Danny. Danny's always been the, the guy that, you know, 
he likes to mess with people, you know. <laughs> and he, it, it, it's funny, right? And, and um, I see his kids. I see Melody. And I'm like, man, they, they got some thick skin, man. They got that, like, alligator skin because, uh, because Pastor Danny's probably messed with them their entire life. And, um, like, Melody, she's like, okay, whatever. And Layla, you know, Layla, she's, she's a, she don't like it when you talk mess to her. She's hood, man. She's like, she's like uh, mini mama, her, her, her mom, right? Like she, she'll, she'll look at you and she'll give you a face like, what did you just say? And like, if she had earrings, she'd be taking off her earrings. Um, and, 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 you know, Danny was kind of messing with her yesterday um, about what was our, our cat, her cat. And uh, she, Layla loves her cat. It's just like her baby. And she was like, don't be talking about my cat. And uh, I, you could kind of tell that she was getting upset. And, and uh, on the way home, I, I had to tell Layla, Layla, you need, to, you need to toughen up a little bit, Layla. You need to, you need to, you have to know that some people are going to, they're going to try to get to you. I'm sorry I made you the antagonist in the story. <laughs> I was trying, I'm making a point. Sometimes people are going to try to get to you. They're going to try to get under your skin. They're going to try to make you mad. Don't, don't let them steal your joy. Don't, don't, you know, they, they might, they might say things that might offend you. Don't be offended by it. Because there's a difference, and I preached this message before, there's a difference between offense and offended. There's many things that cause offense. An offense, in the Bible, it, it, it literally means a stumbling block. There's, there's going to be offenses. There are going to be stumbling blocks in your way. You get to choose whether to go over it or try to go through it and trip on the way. You get to choose between the offense and being offended by what is trying to offend you. And so, so Jesus, Jesus is going to call out some things that are going to be offensive to you. But will you be offended by it? To where you walk away and say, I don't need this. I love the verse in Matthew 11. Jesus is, uh, he's, sending, he's sending word back to John the Baptist. So, so John, this, John the Baptist, he, he has seemed to kind of lose his faith a little bit. He's, he's, he's doubting a little bit who Jesus is. Because John the Baptist spent his entire life proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And, 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 and he believed that, you know, Jesus was going to, just like all of the other Jews, he was going to, he was going to, you know, deliver, you know, the Jews from, from oppression and he was going to be this, this political leader, right? And so John the Baptist kind of had it, you know, he, he wasn't really sure yet. And now he's sitting in prison. John the Baptist is sitting in prison after spending his entire life devoted to proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so he's in prison, feels like he has nothing to show for it. And he sends word to Jesus and he says, I want you to ask Jesus if you are really the Messiah. Are you really him? Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it. I'm not, I can't say that I'm convinced right now. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. And so he sends word to ask Jesus, are you really him? And Jesus says, he, re- he, he receives the word, he sends it back. And I don't have it up here, but it's Matthew 11 Verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, the blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, 
and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. So I love verse 5 because it's, it's much different than verse 6. Verse 5, Jesus is saying, look, miracles are happening. Great things are happening. Feel-good moments are being experienced by people. And that's why they're coming to me. They're coming to me to receive. They're coming to me to be poured into. They're coming to me because they're hungry and I have food. They're thirsty and I have something to give them a drink. They're sick and I have the healing. That's why they come to me. They come, they, 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 they want the experience. They want the love when it's convenient for them. But then he says, then he says, Verse 6, he says, blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Because, because yes, yes, I got the blessings. I got the goods. I can deliver the healing. I can, I can provide. I can, I can comfort and I can give peace. I'm the prince of peace. I can, I can lead you to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. But along the way, there are going to be things that might offend you. And if you take offense to it, that's where, that's as far as it goes. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Because the love of God can hurt sometimes, church. It can require stuff of you that that you don't want to give. It can require a change that you don't want to make. His love can offend. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And I want to leave you with one more thing. You know, we approach the word of God many times. Um, we, we, we approach it in a way that, that makes us feel good, right? Can't, let, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest this morning. When we read the word of God, a lot of times we... We want to receive something. We want, we, we, we dive in so that we can be encouraged. We dive in so that we can be strengthened. We dive in so that we can be reminded of his promises. Do we ever read it for the purpose of exposure? Do we? Do we ever say, God, speak to me and tell me what it is that I've got going on that I need to stop having going on? Or is it, God, speak to me. Give me revelation. I'm lost right now. God, come on, I need some strength right now. God, I need some provision right now. God, I need some peace. God, I need to be encouraged. Have you ever just opened up your, the Bible because you need a word? You're like, all right, right here. Boom. Have you ever done that? I remember doing that all the time. Like, man, God, just speak to me, speak to me. Right? <laughs> and then I don't like the verse. I'm like, right, do it again, do it again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we approach the word of God sometimes. We approach it in a way to, to receive something. Do we ever approach it to be exposed so that our sin is exposed? The other day we bought, uh, we bought a, a UV light because I told you about this, this dog that we, that we had. We've since given him away. We are not good dog people, but we've given him away to a very good loving family but we had him and he was a he was still a puppy and he was peeing all over the house and it was frustrating and as much as we would clean it and mop and and Lysol and Clorox and all this stuff and we masked it with candles and and Glade you know Glade Airwicks and we would there was there was this one corner where we're like what why you know 
We're so frustrated. Where is it? And, and we would, I mean, I moved the couches and I was like, is it on the wall? Where, where is, I couldn't, we could not see it. We couldn't see it, but we smelled it. It was there. Something was there. And so Melissa bought a UV light. She's like, we're going to, we're going to find this thing. And um, it was, it was fun. Like Layla, Layla had a blast with it, you know, shining it all on our teeth, making us feel subconscious. Um, but we, we turned off the lights and, and we put it on, on the floor, we sh- shined it on the floor. And man, I, I was expecting to find this pee. We found a lot of other things. Don't buy a UV light. <laughs> I mean, we saw things that we, we, you could not see during the day. Things that were like, what? And, and honestly, I, I could relate to the message because I was kind of offended. I was like, how dare the, those people that sold us this house? How did they not see all of this? That's what the word of God needs to do sometimes. It needs to shine light on things that we don't normally see. And we have to approach it in a way that says, God, I, I can take it. I can take it. Because if I, if, if I want to be taken to new levels, if I want you to to use me in a way that I've never been used before. There might be some things that I don't even realize that I have that are prohibiting me from doing that. Show me, expose the thing that I need to get rid of. So one more time this morning, church, are you, are you ready to be offended by Jesus? I'm gonna ask that we stand. right there where you're at just just bow your heads in a moment we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take communion but first something that we do every week every head bowed every every eye closed this is this is a this is a moment between you and God right now if you say this morning man I I haven't I haven't uh accepted that I am a sinner. I haven't repented of my sin. I haven't accepted Jesus to to begin the cleansing process in my life. And I know that I need it. I know that I am flawed. I know that I'm not perfect. I know, I know that Jesus loves me as I am and he wants to make me as he is. And if that's you this morning, I don't want to give, I don't want this opportunity to go to to waste, if you want to accept Jesus into your life as your personal Lord and your Savior, and you say, from this moment on, I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to begin to remove the things from my life that do not belong, and that slow me down. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you just raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. If you want to accept Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.